You're listening to the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, with Valerie Koo and Allison Tate. Valerie is an author, journalist, and national director of the Australian Writers Centre, which is one of the world's leading providers of online and classroom courses for people who want to get published and write with confidence. Alison Tate is a freelance writer, blogger, and author of the best-selling series, The Mapmaker Chronicles. She has more than 20 years' professional writing experience. Each week, they explore the world of writing, publishing, and blogging to bring you news and opportunities, advice on how to succeed in the world of writing, interviews with top writers, and much more. With students enrolling from all over the world, you can find out more about the Australian Writer Centre at writercentre.com.au. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 143 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here doing a mini-sode with Alison Tate. How are you, Al? I'm all right. I'm a little bit excited about a mini-sode. Perhaps you'd like to explain to me (laughs) and to our listeners what a mini-sode is. Well, we've had such great feedback from all of our listeners on, you know, our usual programming, but this is a little diversion away from our usual programming so that you can have a mini-sode dropped just before your weekend. So you can um, have a listen to it on the weekend, but a mini-sode is going to be much shorter than our usual episode. And the reason that we started it is we started getting so many listener questions. And these listener questions we felt were, you know, it it wasn't, we were best served if we dedicated uh, a mini-sode to them instead of having them in our usual episode. So that's what our mini-sodes have started for 2017. And Mm. if you have a question you would like us to answer, then make sure you email us podcast at writerscenter.com.au. That's podcast at writerscenter.com.au. Now, we anticipate it's going to be about writing or publishing or that sort of thing. I mean, ideally, I can't, you can ask us about the meaning of life if you want, but we're not sure how good and useful our answers are going to be. Whereas we can give you very useful answers on writing and publishing. But before we do something to say there though, too, on the questions, because I think it's really important. And this is something I often say to my, to my writing students. Yes. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Yes. So ask the question. If you've got the question, ask the question because chances are that someone else is also wondering the same thing. Yes. So, you know, we don't laugh, you know, much. We <laughs> quietly maybe, but not much. Not just um, someone so else So if you've either. got a question, no matter how basic you think it might be, then please yes. send it to us. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, because I reckon it's not just someone else. I reckon if you've got the question, many, many, many other people have the question as well. So I've probably got the question and I'm waiting for Val to answer it. So <laughs> feel free to send it in. Before we get to that, uh, just want to give a shout out to Once Upon a Rhyme. I love that name. Isn't that good? Once Upon a Rhyme. So Once Upon a Rhyme has left us a review on iTunes and has said, Valerie and Alison are full of brilliant tips for writers. Their interviews are insightful and the words words of the week are fun. Yeah. You specifically chose that review just because of that line, didn't you? (laughs) 
Each episode is different with gems for writers of all genres. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Once Upon a Rhyme. Really appreciate it. Really, we really do. do. And if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd be really grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, one of the things before we get to our listener questions that we wanted to discuss in our mini-sodes, um, or the next few mini-sodes, in fact, is the a, a routine for writers, mm. isn't that right? Because actually both of us think that this is kind of an inter, a sort of important part for, for many writers of the writing process. And you have a link about uh, Maggie O'Farrell. The I do. So Maggie O'Farrell is the author of seven novels, award-winning, award, you know, shortlisted, all manner of, you know, best-selling, let's just say she's, you know, she's got the goods. Yep. And she talks, um, there, there was a, a, an article in The Guardian uh, a little while ago where she talks about her writing day. And I think the reason I wanted to start with this particular routine, because of course there are so many, I mean, every writer has their own routine. Mm. But I think the reason that I wanted to start with this one was because it, it spoke to me so much. I, it just resonated with me in so many ways. I mean, the the it starts with there is nothing so dangerous to good writing as having too much time, too much liberty. You need the filtration system of being kept from your work, mm. um, which is a quote from Maggie O'Farrell. And I thought, yes, this is my kind of lady. I like mm. this. And she talks about the fact in this particular article, she talks about the fact that most writers' work happens when they are away from their desks. She says when they are looking the other way, when they are engaged with some other mundane task, yes. the washing up, the folding of the laundry, the school run, the debate with a small child over the merits and demerits of wearing a coat. <laughs> now, I look, honestly, I read that and I thought, yes, this is exactly how it works. And I think what happens a lot of the time is that when, when um, people are starting out with their writing, they, they, they think they need this perfect time. They think they need these slabs of hours and hours mm. that they need to lock themselves away for a week to actually, you know, find the muse and get this thing going. And um, I would argue, as would Maggie, that in actual fact, so much of your writing time is actually thinking time. Yep. And so much of that can be done while you're doing all of those other daily tasks that just, you know, make up your day. You do need to find find, make the time to sit down and actually get those words on paper, but you do actually need that time. And then the next paragraph made me laugh where she says, this at least is what I try to tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that there is a typical writing day makes me laugh with a slight edge of hysteria. And I think that anyone who is trying to write with children of any age, particularly small children, as mine were when I really started writing fiction, mm. um, will know that, you know, planning routine routine, predictable activities, there's just, there's none, so. Um, that is so a I great think, point. Yeah, and there is just none. So you get very, very used to having to use the time that you have, not the time that you wish you had. Um, yep. And I think if you sit around wishing for time, then you'll never actually get it done. Yeah, because for some people, their routine may not be the routine, might not be a routine in the traditional way we think about routines, but their right. routine might actually simply be what, do it whenever you can. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, she, she says all books are written against impossible odds and the odds just change as time goes by. And that's very true. Like if you get to the end of a first draft, you, you need to pat yourself on the back. You have achieved something amazing because it is a very, very difficult thing to get that many words in a row, you know, down on paper, um, particularly if you're doing as Maggie O'Farrell does as she writes around the edges of the day. And that's how I've always written my books as well, you know, writing around the edges of the day, getting sliding into those little spaces in time um, that you that you learn to spot mm. when you're looking out for them. And I think that that's um, something that's probably part of the routine is simply learning to spot those opportunities when you see them and then making the most of them. Mm. So if you have 30 minutes, you write for 30 minutes. You don't write 30 words and then go, I'm not really feeling it today, you know. Yep. I don't feel it most days, but I'm still here. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So, uh, we'll, of course, we'll put the link to that particular uh, article about Maggie O'Farrell in the show notes, which you can find at soyouwanttobeariter.com.au. Now let's move on to our listener question. And this comes from Anna. So it's a fairly long question. So I'm just going to summarize part of it, which is that Anna has been writing um, for quite some time. She's writing her first fiction novel, but she previous to that she was writing fan fiction and she really enjoyed writing fan fiction which she no longer does but when she did she was writing a story based on a tv show that has so far attracted a huge number of readers 111 1,578 readers <laughs> and has been viewed 275,698 times, so a lot. And even though it's long ago, uh, it continues to attract around, around 800 readers a month. Now, the thing is, this fan fiction is kind of, um, how would you describe it, Al? Naughty. <laughs> Is that a good word? Yeah, naughty. Not G-rated, shall we not say. Not G-rated. Yeah. Um, Anna says it was a romance story containing a fair amount of sex scenes, some on the graphic side. Now, she says, this is very common in fan fiction. I included this aspect because many of the readers wanted it, but what I enjoyed most was the romance story, and my fiction book contains no erotica. So the book she is writing now and it's not the area I want to go down as an aspiring author. However, my novel is young adult romance story and may appeal to some of the same readership as the fan fiction. So Anna's question is, should I delete the smutty fic and pretend it never existed before I pitch? Or do I tell agents and publishers that I have this potential marketing Avenue and fess up that I wrote a smutty fanfic um, in the past. Thanks very much. Mm. So there you go. Mm. That's that's specific, but very interesting um, quandary to be in. Well, it is it is specific, but I guess it also um, it, it speaks to a, a, a more of a universal question in the sense that if you want to switch genres, how much of that of that genre on how much of that sort of readership of that genre can you actually take with you into the new genre, particularly if you're yep. talking about X-rated versus G-rated. Um, and we covered this a little bit, I think, when we talked a few episodes ago about um, we had a question from a reader about a um, a Twitter feed. Do you remember that, where she had the Twitter feed that was full yes. of swear, you know, sweary words, yes. and and she wants to be a children's author, and we were like, you got to delete the sweary words. Mm. Like it was as simple as, you know, 
if you want to be a children's author, you can't have a Twitter feed full of, of swear words. Um, swear words. It's, it's just not, you know. I mean, basically, people think children's authors don't drink, smoke, or do any naughty things ever, mm-hmm. which of course we don't. Mm. Um, but I, I found this quite an interesting one because of the fanfic aspect of it. Um, I, I think we've talked about fanfic, and I, I, I get in trouble whenever we talk about fanfic, so I'm not going to say too much about it. But I, um, my first instinct was to go, oh, get rid of it. But then I thought, oh, no, 111,000 readers, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not. Um, so I found myself probably, you know, having the same quandary a little bit that Anna is having. I think if it was me, my first instinct would be to to, to send off my, my – um, would be to send off my manuscript with no mention of it whatsoever. Yep. Um, but then to possibly have a, you know, if, if, if the book, because of course you live and die on your manuscript, it doesn't actually matter what you've done in the past or yep. where you're going. Um, so if the manuscript is taken up with great enthusiasm by the author, sorry, by your agent and publisher, maybe then you have the conversation about what, you know, how much of the fanfic stuff you need to, you know, reveal or, or what. Yes. Uh, what do you think? I I agree 100%. Send off the manuscript with no mention whatever or whatsoever of the past and see whether they're interested because if they are interested they want to progress it further, then bring it up and yeah. they can, and get their advice because they're yeah. the ones who are going to be marketing it as well. Yeah. And that get their advice on whether the previous experience can be used as a channel or a platform or a marketing tool yeah. or not. They yeah. might think, yeah, fantastic, ready readers, let's go. Or they might think, you know what, that's okay that you've done that, but how about let's treat it as a different genre and how about you write it under another name so you have two Mm. separate personas in the same way that Pamela Freeman is also Pamela Hart. Yeah, that's yeah? right. So she's yeah. writing two different genres. So they yeah. might um, suggest that as well. So I think that don't delete it yet, you know, don't do something quite that rash yet, but wait and see whether um, how, how your publisher and agent responds to the actual manuscript, but also don't dwell on this so that you're procrastinating about yeah. writing the Absolutely. actual book. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Hope that's useful, Anna. So let's move on to our second listener question. So we've only got two for this episode. And that is a question that says, if I'm registered as a sole trader for my copywriting business, not GST registered, um, and have a bank account set up for this also, Can any other miscellaneous writing income, for example, if I get paid to write a magazine article or I self-publish an e-book, go straight into this account as well, as in bank account? Obviously, I'd specify what the income is from inside your accounting program. Or does, for example, publishing books come under something completely different and I need to keep it separate? I'm thinking about how Alison, uh, about Alison and how she says she writes all of the things. (laughs) That's me. And whether it's okay for the income from all the different writing avenues to go straight to one place. Right. Oh, that's a good question. So basically, it's 100. Okay. Let me first state that um, this, We're not is, accountants. this is not legal advice well, but I'm not. <laughs> and you need to um, uh, <laughs> find out. Uh, you need to make sure that you consult your own accountant about Mm. this, which is uh, very, very important. And um, uh, this is uh, 
just my advice from our experience, correct? Right, correct. Yes, all right. So basically you can definitely send, you can receive income into the same bank account, whether it is from your magazine writing or your copywriting or your book writing or your selling soap at the weekend markets or selling your weaving on Etsy. It doesn't matter. It can go into the same bank account. It just, it's the, the actual you know, well in which it is received is almost irrelevant. Um, But yes, you should account for it appropriately in your accounting program. So in fact, that's a really simple answer. It Um, is. All of the things, all of my writing from all of the things, the income from that goes into the one bank account. Yeah. Now, some people for their own reasons choose to receive things in different bank accounts Mm -hmm. because they just find it neater that way. But quite frankly, that is more bank charges, more administration, Mm. more record Mm. keeping. Mm. Um, I think it's easier to do it this way. But if you are one of those people who, you know, like I know a lady who she gets out in cash her weekly budget. She has like five different envelopes. One is for school expenses, one is for groceries, one is for the gym or whatever. And she actually puts cash in her different envelopes and she just likes to separate her budget that way. And that's fine. So some of those people might prefer to have different bank accounts, but quite frankly, I really think with bank charges these days, you want to minimize your bank accounts. I would also just like to raise that the not GST registered aspect of this is something else that you should probably discuss with your accountant depending on your income level and whether or not income from other writing sources is going to bring your income level up to a point where you have to start charging GST. So that's something to also look at when you're talking to your accountant about this. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we hope that that question uh, or that answer is useful to you. Now, remember that if you have a listener question for us, we would love to answer it. Just email it to us, podcast at writerscentre.com.au. And we hope that you've enjoyed just this little mini-sode that will tide you over until the next regular full-length episode. So, Al, what are you going to be up to until I speak to you again? Uh, what am I doing? Well, excitingly, I'm actually doing the copy edit on the first book in my new series. Oh, wow. We're up to that stage already, which is really, really exciting because the um, because it's the first book in a new series, the publisher will do a proof copy of it, which means that it all needs to be organized like way in advance because, of course, the book doesn't come out until October this year, the first yep. book in the new series. Um, but we need to get the, you know, get everything sorted so that the um, proof copies or advanced reader copies can go out. I think maybe June, I think they go. Yeah, like in advance. So they go to booksellers and they go to, you know, reviewers and publications and, you know, yada, yada. So it's all very exciting. I'm sort of like traipsing down this whole new path and this whole new world again. So I'm uh, I'm really enjoying – I'm really liking being immersed in a brand new world as well as with the Mapmaker Chronicles still ticking away as well because the fourth book there is due out in March. So – I'm busy, shall we say, at the moment. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Okay. That's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Awesome. Um, I've got a deadline tomorrow of some uh, content that I need to write for a corporation. I quite enjoy doing these because you get paid a whole lot more than, <laughs> than um, you know, uh, other types of writing. And it's only something that's come to the fore over the last few years, well, not even a few years, really, the last couple of years in the writing industry is content writing for corporations. Um, Mm. 
it, as opposed to writing, like as opposed to writing, say, annual reports or writing a brochure or copywriting for a corporation, it's actual corporations who need articles mm. uh, and who are acting really as publishers. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's. I've got to make sure that I finish that today because it's due for it's due tomorrow. Um, so, where do we oh. find you online until we meet again? Uh, you'll find me at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Alison Tate Writer, and you will find me on Twitter at at Al Tate, A-L-T-A-I-T. And you, Valerie? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook. Just search for Valerie Koo in Sydney. We'd love for you to connect with us, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.